Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation. It's your weekly Raiders uh, source for news and analysis and commentary and and all that good stuff. And before I bring in uh, my great co-host, Sam Gordon, who uh, is also part of Vegas Nation, just want to let you guys know that Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire Blue Wire and Liquid uh, Death. So uh, without further ado, let's bring Sam uh, Gordon in here. And uh, Mr. Gordon, it's been a, been a pretty busy uh, week here. In spite of the fact that the Raiders haven't uh, snapped a football in a long time, well, I tell you what, uh, they have a way of, of, of dominating the news, whether it's a, a potential new quarterback coming in in Aaron Rodgers uh, or trying to figure out where the old quarterback, Derek Carr, ends up. Hmm, might be the New Orleans Saints, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, it's never a dull day, now, is it? Uh, certainly not, Vinny. And that, you know, with be all occurring with the backdrop of Super Bowl 57, right, down there in, in Glendale, Arizona. So the league never stops, right? Business never stops. And football never stops. And, of course, the Raiders uh, joining the conversation throughout the course of the week. Uh, Super Bowl week. And, you know, just because... The Super Bowl is happening doesn't mean they don't have business to handle. So uh, it looks like there are, like you said, Vinny, um, plenty of developments uh, happening with the Derek Carr situation. Just as I mean, we are recording around 4 p.m. on Thursday, Thursday before the Super Bowl. Can you break us down, you know, break down for us just kind of how we got to this point with the Raiders and the Saints and and Derek Carr? Where exactly do things stand at this point and how did we get here? I actually think I can. And uh, let me let me take a stab at it here, uh, Sam. Um, Well, first of all. As we know, uh, Derek Carr's on his way out. The Raiders have made that pretty clear. Uh, Derek Carr has essentially said all of his goodbyes, including uh, over at Allegiant Stadium uh, on Sunday as a member of the Pro Bowl um, team, AFC Pro Bowl team, saying goodbye to the fans at Allegiant Stadium. But I'll tell you what, there were a lot of fans there uh, on Sunday. So uh, that was that was pretty interesting. A little surprised how many people actually showed up uh, to that <clears throat> event. But so so we've known for a while um, that 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 the Raiders had soured on Derek Carr um, and they were going to move on from. And now here's where it gets a little bit tricky. Uh, It's either going to be they release Derek Carr, you know, free of any kind of financial penalty other than a five point six million dollar hard cap hit, which really is 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 nothing in in today's uh, NFL salary cap. Or they're going to try to trade him. And that's where the Saints come into play. Uh, as part of the Raiders' um, position uh, in how they were handling this, uh, they there's a February 15th deadline where if Derek Carr is on the roster by February 15th or after, um, the Raiders lock in uh, immediately a 40, $40.5 million roster guarantee. It's $33 million, uh, his entire contract for 2023, and then 7.5 of his $41 million contract uh, in 2024. Well, the Raiders obviously don't want to get locked into that. So they're going to try to move him before that deadline. And when I say move him, um, if we're talking about a trade, uh, it gets a little tricky there too as well, because um, what, what would have to happen is they have to agree to a trade. Derek Carr, who has a no trade clause, and we're going to get into that in just a second, would have to waive that no trade clause. And then, oh, by the way, uh, everybody, the Saints, the Raiders and Derek Carr will have to put everything on pause for about a month 
until the new league year starts, the new NFL league year starts on March 15th, at which point deals can officially be consummated. So there will be a little bit of a gap between if it goes down this way, the Raiders and Saints agreeing to a deal and then the deal actually being announced. Let's back it back up for just one second. In order for the Saints to get permission from the Raiders to talk to Derek Carr, which is what they were doing Wednesday and Thursday, as we speak, really, um, as, as part of any permission, uh, permission being granted by the Raiders, a team had to approach the Raiders and the Saints did, obviously, and say, look, um, we want to talk to Derek Carr. We want to talk about a possible uh, matchup here. Uh, we're going to agree to give you X, Y, and Z in a trade or, or some sort of parameter of, of trade compensation. Uh, we are going to offer that. In other words, if everything works out, if Derek is, is good with us, we're good with Derek. Uh, when, we, when we sit down and meet with him, this is what we're going to offer you. This is what we're, we, we understand that this is what it's going to cost in a trade. That triggered the Raiders' permission now to say, okay, we accept that uh, those conditions, uh, that compensation. Um, we all know that it's maybe not going to happen, but we've agreed on that part of it. Now you and, the, and, and Derek Carr uh, get a chance to talk it out and see if there really truly is a fit. And honestly, that's where we are right now. I hope that made sense, Sam. But yep. essentially, the Saints and Derek Carr... Uh, are sitting down to talk. They met on Wednesday for a long time, long dinner uh, somewhere in, in New Orleans. And I know that you know, uh, as well as I do, there's some pretty good restaurants in New Orleans. <laughs> there certainly is. But I can only imagine uh, the great meal that they had uh, and great talk. It was Derek and the Raider, the uh, Saints head coach, Dennis Allen, and a bunch of decision makers uh, there in New Orleans mm-hmm. trying to get to know each other, um, you know, or, or re-get to know each other because Dennis Allen was his coach in his rookie year. Uh, and then today they were going to meet over or they are meeting over at uh, the, the Saints facility. I would imagine today's more of a, you know, let's talk about money, <laughs> you know, yeah, get into yeah. that and yeah. a lot of the other particulars. But that's kind of where where we are right now. And and, and really, and honestly, it's, it's kind of in Derek's court. And I would imagine, you know, there's there was a fair amount of the Saints interviewing Derek as well, you know, sure. before they're going to officially sign off on, on anything. So that's where we are. And I got to ask you this after that long winded explanation that I hope makes a lot of sense. If you're Derek Carr, uh, and obviously you could wave the, I mean, you can either wave the no trade clause or, or keep it intact and, and, and say, no, give us why you think that he should go with the Saints and, and accept the trade there or, or maybe why he shouldn't. Well, um, Vinny, first and foremost, excellent job. Just staying on top of that. I thought your explanation and your kind of summation of the situation made a ton of sense um, and kind of contextualizes where everything is at for both sides. As far as Derek Carr is concerned, of course, right, uh, keeping the contract intact or, or, or big parts of the contract intact, that's a lot of money, right? We don't know exactly how the market's going to shake out. Uh, there are still some particulars that, you know, it, other quarterbacks, other situations that could affect what he sees if, if he does just get cut and, and free agency. Um, so, so there's that element. But from a football standpoint, uh, if you talk about the New Orleans Saints, look, the division is going to be winnable. I think there's quarterback questions with all four teams, of course, Tom Brady retiring. You have the, the rookie Desmond Ritter, or going to be a second-year quarterback, Desmond Ritter, d- down there in Atlanta. What 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 is that situation going to look like? And you have Frank Reich taking over a situation in Carolina where they don't have a quarterback either. So it looks like a, a it, the, the division to me is wide open. Uh, you're in the NFC, which means you, you wouldn't have to see Patrick Mahomes until the Super Bowl, which is, I, I think, always a good thing. Patrick, of course, with how talented the AFC is. And then from a roster standpoint, Vinny, 
you have uh, – it's a talented roster. I mean, Chris Olave, one of the best young receivers in the league, going over 1,000 yards here as a rookie. It's a solid offensive line. And then defensively, uh, pretty good defense. You know, it's a, it's a well-run operation down there in New Orleans. It has been for a while. Uh, it's a talented roster. There, there are some salary cap questions, you know, down the road. It feels like they've been pushing things, just kind of moving things along with, with their money issues. But in terms of a win-now standpoint and having the requisite pieces – uh, to, to be competitive and to compete for the division to the division title. And who knows how, how far you go after that. There's a fit there. It, it, it makes sense. Again, t- a lot of quarterback um, needy teams, but you know, we know Derek Carr wants to be in a situation um, that's stable where there's an opportunity to compete and, and make the playoffs. And, and given the kind of the, the nature of where that division is at right now and some of the changes that are, that are happening down there, uh, it, there's there seems to be a pretty natural fit from a football standpoint. So the, the sooner you kind of get that out of the way, maybe the sooner you can immerse yourself with New Orleans and, and really get to work uh, in, in terms of it building the foundation and, and, and figuring out what this thing is going to look like uh, when the, the spring and summer and, of, of course, eventually fall move along. Yeah, uh, I agree, Greg. Uh, that, that, that's a, that's, that's a, uh, a great breakdown uh, of that. Uh, a couple of things to kind of piggyback on. Um, as, as Sam was talking about, you know, uh, Derek wouldn't, you know, by accepting a trade, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, he's obviously agreeable to the terms. Like, you know, maybe the Saints say, look, we're going to take the whole contract on. It's three years, $121 million, $40.5 million uh, that they assume uh, right off the bat. Um, you know, kind of the same way I, I, I broke that down uh, prior to that. Uh, or maybe the Saints say, Hey, we like you, but we don't, you know, we want, we need to rework the contract for various reasons. One to help the team uh, improve around you or stay intact around you. Uh, so, so, so for whatever reason, they may, they may have that conversation, which I'd always almost guarantee that they, they're going to, obviously Derek's going to have to sign off on, on that, but, but hopefully for him, maybe they put a little bit more money in his pocket. It just gets spread over, uh, you know, a, a longer period of time or is paid out in a different way. Uh, that actually helps the Saints, you know, with the salary cap uh, and, and all that. Um, however, as as Sam mentioned, if he goes on the open market, i.e. the Raiders cut him on or before February 15th, then his entire contract is null and void. He has to start from scratch uh, in terms of reading. This isn't a you're putting him out on waivers. Somebody can claim him and take that contract on. This is not what that is. It's literally free agency right off the bat. And oh, by the way, he can also start talking right off the bat. He doesn't have to wait uh, until March uh, to, to, you know, uh, to really actively uh, be wooed by, by another team that happens uh, at the blink of an eye. But as Sam mentioned, um, once he does get out on the open market, there is the chance and it, it, this works both ways, Sam, it could go better for him or it could go worse for him. There's the chance that he doesn't get anywhere near Um, you know, what he's going to get, you know, by accepting this trade or, you know, maybe he gets, maybe he gets more, maybe he gets a better deal uh, out on the open market. That's the kind of unknown. And and I have to say doing my homework and maybe, you know, people are, you know, feeding me a bunch of BS, but the, but the people that I talk to in the NFL and and I'm talking about outside of the Raiders, just, you know, uh, uh, talking to people that do this for a living with their own teams and trying to get an estimate or a guesstimate of what you know might be out there for him. They're a little bit dubious, Sam, yep. uh, that that he's going to get anywhere near what he has on his contract right now. And I guess that's the risk for him is that look, if you are some anywhere agreeable to what the Saints are offering right now, 
do you, do you, do you just go ahead and, and, and lock it down right now uh, and then move on with your life and start getting ready, like you said, getting acclimated to New, or- to New Orleans? Or do you take that chance of the unknown? And I guess that's the that's the that, of course, if the Saints lowball them and say, look, we like you, but this is what we're going to offer. And it's a it's a it's kind of a laughable amount of money. I don't think that that's happening because the, the length of these meetings, something something people are liking what they're hearing. Right. You know. Generally speaking, uh, I could be completely wrong on that, but it feels like uh, things are going pretty well <laughs> in terms of all that. So why, you know, um, risk going on the open market and maybe things kind of blowing up in your face uh, in that regard? And maybe even the Saints saying, no, we're not OK. If you're not interested in us, this is it. So it's a one and done. We're going to go in a whole different direction. Uh, and maybe they lose them uh, as an option. It almost feels like maybe that's the right thing to do. I'm not telling Tim Younger, the agent or Derek Carr what to do, but those are the, uh, uh, you know, things that, that they have to weigh um, in terms of the risk that's involved. Well, you, you, you made a great point, Sam. It's a kind of a ideal situation for him. It's former coach is still there or is there. Um, it's a winnable. You didn't even mention the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who's their quarterback? Maybe you did and I just missed it, but who's their quarterback? You know, Atlanta has quarterback uh, issues, Carolina, and who knows who their quarterback is. Uh, honestly, um, and, 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 and Tampa Bay, I, I couldn't tell you who the Buccaneers quarterback is going to be uh, next year. This is a really winnable division. It's a, it's, they're playing indoors. You know, you go to Tampa Bay, you go to Atlanta, which is also indoors. Carolina is usually a mild climate compared to some of the other colder outputs, outputs. Uh, posts uh, in the league. There, it just seems like there's a lot of boxes that could get chalked, checked off for Carr. Yeah, certainly. And, and let's, I mean, let's make no bones about it. Derek Carr is, is better in, in better climate. And that's for understandable reasons, right? Like that's, you know, he's a West Coast guy and Texas and, and he, that's, those are the kind of situations he grew up playing in. So from a lifestyle standpoint, from a division standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, from a roster standpoint, again, this is a really good defense. Like that's not something Derek Carr is accustomed to. Uh, I don't think he would be asked, you know, of course he's going to be asked to, to play at a high level and to be able to take the Saints to another level compared to what they had last year with Andy Dalton. And, and of course, Derek Carr is a better quarterback and more than capable of doing that, but he's going to be put if, if if he's with the Saints, in theory, with what we know about the Saints situation right now, um, he's going to be put in, in, in more comfortable predicaments than, than maybe he has been in the past where some of the defenses here haven't been good and where there's been some struggles on the offensive line. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense, Vinny. I mean, you know, the, the other teams that, that might be interested in him, right, if he were to go to free agency, you think of some of the other quarterback needy teams, right? Carolina, Indy, potentially Washington, you know, the Jets, but, you know, the Jets is New York. That's a tough situation. You're in the AFC East. You're with other really good teams. Like, is, is New Orleans – the best situation anyways, even if he were to go and be a free agent, I would say you can make a case that they are for all the reasons we just discussed. You're going to have support on the perimeter. You ha- you're you going to have skill position players. The offensive line there has been solid. It's a great home field advantage. And again, a winnable division. Derek Carr wants to win. What quarterback doesn't want to win? Like that is a division that's going to be wide open. You get a home playoff game there in New Orleans. Like you never know. What, what can happen in that kind of situation. So it, it, in terms of the potential fits out there, it's 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 one of the best, in my opinion. Of course, are there other ones? Yeah, there are other places that make sense. But you check it, like you said, and you check a lot of boxes. You're able to keep, uh, you know, depending on what the restructure or if there's a restructure, you're, you're, you're able to keep a lot of that money potentially intact. Uh, and, and, and then you can you go from there. You, you figure things out. Uh, on the fly, Derek Carr still relatively young, especially what we see from the quarterback position these days. Only 30- 
31. Um, so there's a ton of upside, I think, in, in the New Orleans situation, uh, given kind of where everything is with the two franchises and, of course, with Derek Carr ultimately having say with no trade clause. And now we're joined by Chuck Esposito, director of race and sports for Station Casinos. Of course, Chuck joins us every week to talk about the Raiders, the Vegas betting landscape, all things sports, and this week, Super Bowl 57. Chuck, welcome back to the show. Before we get into anything, it's I, I can only imagine uh, what this week has been like. Uh, for you, walk us through how busy this time of, of year is, this this particular week from your side of the counter. Uh, first, Sam, it's always great to be on with you. And you're right. There's just this little football game going on uh, on Sunday. It's a phenomenal time for us. It's yay sports books. I think just, you know, kind of the atmosphere, the hype, the buzz, the electricity, all words I use frequently. Um, but but really, when you think about this weekend, that's what it is. I mean, it's you don't have to be a football fan, but I think everybody wants a piece of this game. And, and that's what you see. Uh, it's two really good teams, top offense against the top defense. We went through the whole process of putting, you know, uh, all the, the prop pages up. There's, I think, 25 uh, different pages of propositions, over 500 different ways um, to bet the game. Um, the props become a bigger and bigger part of Super Bowl Sunday. And it's fun for us, Sam. I mean, it, it just really is a, a fun time. And um, maybe a little calm before the storm on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But you're really seeing it start to pick up today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, makes all the sense in the world. When we get to the game, we're talking about the game, right? Uh, Eagles giving two, Chiefs getting two, uh, total 51 feels, Chuck. It's pretty much held around two the last couple weeks, right? Since Championship Sunday. What was the movement pattern like? Um, and, and what do you make of what the betters have, are saying with this particular line? It's actually crept up somewhat, Sam. We opened the game pick, um, has been as high as two and a half. It went down to one and a half, and it's kind of settled back in at two right now. Um, I think the thing that surprises me the most is that over 75% of the tickets are on the Eagles. Mm. Um, I keep expecting some chief money to show. Um, I think a, a little bit of that was how healthy would Mahomes be? You know, where would Juju Smith-Schuster be? Where would Tony be? What was the health of these guys practicing on Wednesday or Thursday? Um, you're still going to see, you know, 70 to 80% of the action come in starting, you know, tomorrow afternoon. Um, so we've only seen a fraction of that. But so far, it is really one-sided in favor of the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. A um, little surprising on my end, but understandable given how talented their roster is. No real weaknesses on that Philadelphia team. And, of course, Kansas City, the Patrick Mahomes factor, he rises above uh, again against Cincinnati setting up this matchup. Chuck, you mentioned the props, right? There's a ton of them, uh, so, uh, 500 ways uh, to bet the game, 25 sheets of props. Are there any in particular that are your favorites or that the betters have gravitated towards at this point? Um, there definitely is. I think first, Sam, just really quickly, you know, um, you look at guys that have led the league in passing. So the last six quarterbacks that have led the league in passing are 0-6 in the Super Bowl. That's Patrick Mahomes. He has a chance to break that streak. Since 2000, quarterbacks who have been the MVP are 0-8 in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has a chance to break that streak. So you talk about the greatness, and I think everything for Kansas City really revolves around Patrick Mahomes. Um, when you look at the props, you can bet to start the game um, who will win the coin toss, Will the coin toss be heads or tails? And on the very last play of the game, you can bet, will the last play of the game be a kneel down, yes or no? And then you kind of figure out everything in between, and we've got it offered. 
Um, some of the ones that are kind of, you know, maybe off the, you know, little crossboard props, a little bit different stuff, uh, crossboard prop power slap heavyweight championship. Um, you can bet the, the destroyer against the Wolverine Ron beta against one of the two teams, which is kind of cool. We've got props tied to the Vegas golden Knights, um, to LeBron James, um, to, you know, uh, to Connor McDavid's points, uh, against Montreal, against, but Mahomes is touchdown passes. So there is so many different things up from the, the MVP and, you know, over under yards for touchdowns and everything with these two potent offenses. You might not love the Chiefs or the Eagles, but there are so many ways to bet the game that I think everybody is walking around with one of our prop packets. And as I mentioned earlier, it becomes a bigger and bigger part of Big Game Sunday. Absolutely, Chuck. Someone just even sifting through the prop bets is is a fun time, a good time in and of itself. Before we get out of here, your your final thoughts. I mean, we have been talking all season uh, about these two teams, and as the season has evolved, it's clear why they're here, right? They have been among the favorites all season long. You you get the two top uh, two top MVP candidates. You get so many compelling and interesting storylines on both ends. Any final thoughts, any final takeaways before we get into Super Bowl 57 on Sunday, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, Eagles giving two, total 51. I think a lot of it's the key is going to be, uh, um, can the Eagles take Kelsey out of the game? We haven't seen any of the teams in the postseason or during the year be able to do that. Um, that's Mahomes' guy. He looks for him often. He seems to always find him. I think when you look at this matchup, too, it's the best offense against the best defense. When Tampa Bay beat Kansas City a few years ago, it was best offense against best defense. When Seattle beat Denver uh, several years ago, it was best uh, offense against best defense. In both those two games, the defense prevailed. Um, so waiting to see what happens in this one. Um, right now, you still have up to the $500 bonus going on for new STN sports guests. Our new Wildfire Gaming property, Wildfire Fremont, um, has its grand opening tomorrow. So you've got a new jewel on that side of town. Um, it's a great time to get signed up for STN Sports. And everything, Sam, that you see on our big board and our sports book and all of our prop sheets are available on our mobile app, STN Sports, and all the kiosks and all of our properties as well. So my best advice is get here early, have fun, and, uh, you know, see how it all shakes out. But we're an information era. There is a lot of information out there. Kind of dissect it and, and just have fun with Big Game Sunday because uh, I know we are from our side of the counter. Absolutely, Chuck. Again, Super Bowl 57. We cannot wait uh, to enjoy it. Thank you for everything uh, throughout the course of the season. This is uh, the final game of the year. Everything went by so quickly. Uh, but we appreciate your expertise, your insights, and analysis uh, ahead of Super Bowl 57. Thank you, Chuck. All right. Thanks, Sam. Enjoy the game and I uh, look forward to chatting with you again soon, uh, probably before the NFL draft. Absolutely. The season here never stops at Vegas Nation. I know it's the same way for you guys as well. We'll be in touch and thank you again for your analysis all year long. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. There's a new brand of water out there that looks just like Tallboys of Beer. 
on the latest Vegas Nation podcast, my guest thought it was malt liquor, but it's really a 22 ounce can of pure liquid refreshment. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still sparkling and three flavors. And it's called Liquid Death. Liquid Death's tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Did you know plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore and more plastic than not goes just to the landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities. My favorite is the Liquid Death Severed line because it gives me that pick-me-up I need in the middle of the day when you feel like you're dragging and you won't make it to the final bell. But this is crisp and refreshing and the taste perks me right up and gets me through my day. So go get Liquid Death at your local Smiths, Walmart, Sprouts, and Terrible stores or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. One way or another, that thing's coming to a head. Uh, February 15th. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if even the New Orleans end of it uh, goes right up until the deadline. You know how these things uh, sort of work. So, um, uh, or it could break at any moment. Um, so we're going to be prepared for that one way or another. But, uh, but, but one way or another, Derek Carr um, has played his last game for the Raiders. And, and really now it's just a matter of what does the exit actually look like? But the Raiders are done with Derek Carr. No, you know, not saying that to, to point any fingers at him or anything like that. It is what it is. And, you know, I, I talked to Jared Goff uh, at the Pro Bowl. And, you know, obviously he had a fa- very uh, public, messy divorce from the only team that he ever knew, a team that he went to the Super Bowl with, a team that he helped lead to two division titles, three playoff appearances in just a short period of time. Uh, you know, and guess what? The Rams uh, w- woke up one morning uh, in 2021 or so um, and said, look, we, we, we feel like we could do better at quarterback. Jared, uh, we love you, but we're going to ship you out to, to Detroit uh, in pursuit of, of Matthew Stafford. And, and it was a crushing blow. For somebody that felt like he was going to be around for his entire life, you know, he was a number one pick overall in 2016. And you know what Jared told me? Man, there's life at the other side, on the other side. And sometimes it could be a really good life. So I don't know he conveyed that uh, to Derek this weekend uh, in Las Vegas. Like, you know, whatever happens, uh, this doesn't have to be the end. In fact, it could be a new beginning. And sometimes those are pretty cool. All right. So, so. We understand that it's just days away from one sort of uh, exit um, uh, or, or another for Derek Carr. Uh, that's out of the way. What do you think about the possibility, Sam Gordon? Uh, <laughs> and you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And it sounds pretty tantalizing. Uh, but but Aaron Rodgers being, um, you know, the heir apparent <laughs> to, to Derek Carr. Wrap your head around that one because I actually think there's some juice to it and we know we were there in the locker room uh, and Devontae saying what he said, Devontae Adams, uh, who was making a very public campaign uh, for, for, for Aaron Rodgers. Let's let's start here. Yep. What is what are your thoughts on just the entire premise of Aaron Rodgers potentially being the next Raiders quarterback? Well, uh, I know for, for me and you, Vinny, it sure would make our jobs interesting, right? More, you know, even more interesting. Aaron Rodgers, one of the most. Uh, you know, interesting players in the league. I think I think he just you hear how 
you know, his interviews and, and whatnot, he is certainly unique. So from that standpoint, uh, it, it would add, a, like you said, there's juice to the, 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 the this potential from the from Rodgers going to the Raiders. It would juice up our jobs a little bit, too. That's, we can be very candid about that. But from a football standpoint, Vinny, to me, that would represent the biggest swing, right? Like the biggest swing that you can take um, if you're the Raiders. It's 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 Aaron Rodgers. And, and we've seen him. At his best, even recently in 2021, he was the the league MVP. He's he's only two years removed, or he will be two seasons removed from being the back-to-back MVP. So from that standpoint, you would be betting, if you're the Raiders, you'd likely be betting on the the ability that he's able to kind of reclaim and refine that form uh, in a new situation. It's We we know he's been with the Green Bay his entire career. It hasn't always gone the best and maybe reinvigorated uh, by a change of scenery. So that... That, to me, represents the biggest swing. There's also the fact that, you know, the, the other side to this is he's 39 going on 40, so he will be 40 by the end of the season. Uh, and there was, for the first time in a while, right, there was some signs of decline. And and there's maybe there's a number of reasons for that. You lose the best receiver in the league, that's going to affect you. There's no doubt about that. It was a younger team uh, and, and whatnot. So th- his role, I think, changed a little bit. It was a different kind of team. That being said, we didn't see the Aaron Rodgers that we had seen in 2021 and 2020. Didn't have a 300-yard game. And it's fair to wonder, right, outside of Tom Brady, who was amazing until his mid-40s and was still solid this year, you know, guys in their late 30s are, like, throughout sports, we've seen them generally start to decline. So at some point, it's going to happen. I think it's fair to question, has that started to happen um, for Aaron Rodgers? He's playing in a division with the Vikings in Detroit, who had two of the worst defenses in the league, and the Bears, and they had a winner-go-home situation in Week 18 at home, Lambeau Field, and and he got outplayed by Jared Goff, who, like you said, transitioned to Detroit and has been um, really good there. So it's twofold. The, The upside, there's no question about it. It is the highest upside move. He comes out west. You make a couple tweaks. Um, you adjust the defense a, a little bit, and, and and if things click, there's potential for that off the, the, the offense to, to be as explosive as it is in Green Bay. There's also the potential that, hey, maybe we started to see the beginning of the end for Aaron Rodgers. So that's what the Raiders have to ask themselves, right? And it's a interesting predicament to be in. It's obviously understandable why the Raiders want to do that. It's, it's a tantalizing proposition, and the upside is undoubtable, but there is the flip side of that, and, and we're not going to know what that's going to look like until actually the 2023 season starts. Yeah. So very long-winded, but it's, it's certainly – interesting and, and you I definitely understand the appeal if you're the Raiders no doubt about it yeah and uh you know knowing uh Dave Ziegler and uh, the Raiders general manager and you know every uh, his entire group uh over there in Henderson I can guarantee you um if they haven't already um which I think they probably have uh they've probably watched every snap of Aaron Rodgers over these last three years or at least the last two years to kind of figure out or make some sort of determination what was behind some of the fall off uh, in 2022. Because uh, as Sam said, there, there was, there's no question. Um, you know, we'd be less than honest uh, if we if we didn't acknowledge that. Uh, but, you know, when, when, when Dave and Champ, Kelly and, and, and that whole uh, group, you know, takes a look at the tape, um, I'd be curious uh, to find out, um, you know, did, did they feel like it was just a physical fall off um, or, you know, losing Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, the offensive line, there was a little bit of uh, changeover in, in, in the offensive line, some, some uh, you know, managing some injuries there. Uh, obviously, you lose Devontae Adams. That's 
arguably the best wide receiver in the game, you're going to feel that loss. They also lost Valdez Scantling, who you saw him in the AFC Championship game. I mean, he was a crucial part of that win. Right, exactly. So you lose that wide receiver. I do also think, um, you know, just watching Aaron Rodgers, the times that I watched him play this year, I do wonder if there was a little bit of um, just maybe not checking out necessarily, Um you know, but 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 I mean, just a little bit. I remember Jerry West told me one time, if if you if you um, drop off by a percentage point of a percentage point of a percentage point at this level, and he was obviously talking about the NBA level, but pro level in general, you know, uh, it's you're going to see that drop off if you if you just check out by that much by that little, um, it's going to be you know you're, it's going to be reflected in your play. So I do wonder if there were some things where he was just like. Yeah, a bunch of young players. It's not working. You know, uh, was he kind of moping around a little bit? Would a would a so you, I'm, I'm sure they're taking a look at that uh, on the film. My prediction is when they do look at that film, not to say that guarantee that they're going to make a trade for him or anything like that. But my prediction is when they do scour the film from year to, from one year to the next, 2021 to 2022. I think they're going to fig they're going to see that there were some things there that. Um, was 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 more the product of you know what changed around him more than the physical abilities. I could be completely wrong, but that's going to be my guess right now. Uh, and for that reason, I think that they'd be okay with him from the physical standpoint, from the quarterback standpoint, from the level of play standpoint, bringing him in. Now, of course, it's gonna if they if they check off that box, which is a big box, but they'll do their due diligence and try to get that figured out. If they are able to check that box off decisively in the positive now it becomes all right what's it going to take to first of all he's going to declare that he wants to leave green bay which i kind of think that that's going to happen um let alone not retire because that could happen too but let's just assume that he's on the that that it's a, a situation where the raiders you know can pursue him then it becomes the money that he's owed um and what draft assets it's going to take to go trade for him um now just to kind of clarify and explain a little bit because his contract is a little bit tricky. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers contract salary for next year is just under $2 million. That's that's, that sounds great. Doesn't it? Uh, It's just under $2 million, the salary for 2023. However, um, shortly uh, after March 17th, March 17th and beyond, there is a roster bonus (laughs) that's involved. Uh, it's kind of a tricky way of paying somebody, but not having it be a crushing, a bone crushing salary cap uh, uh, deal. So, so that um, uh, roster bonus that becomes, you know, uh, can be can be exercised sometime after March seventeenth, fifty eight point something million dollars. Essentially, he's getting sixty million dollars next year if he plays. Right. So. Once that, ironically enough, once that once that um, once that bonus gets triggered or executed, um, all of a sudden, uh, while you're paying him sixty million dollars in cash, his his cap hit for next year is actually only about fifteen million dollars. So it's doable from that perspective. However, that's a lot of money to give somebody, um, and, and so that's going to be a question that the Raiders have to ask uh, ask themselves, and also the draft capital. Going back to the salary. Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show uh, recently. He touched on the, on the salary uh, and that $60 million and basically said, look, I understand. Uh, I'm probably going to have to do something about that. 
um, in terms of, you know, working with the team uh, as far as that big lump of sum, because that's a heck of a lot of money to devote to one player uh, in your budget for, for 2023. So it sounds like he's open um, to, to renegotiating that. And I've, I've talked to an agent who helped walk me through what that might look like. Um, so really, if, if, if the Raiders were to trade for him, uh, there's a way where you could take that $60 million and renegotiate it in a way that uh, maybe you make it $70 million, but it's $35 million rather than $60 million this year, this year on, on a bonus that you could prorate over a period of time. And then $35 million next year on a roster bonus um, so that you can, you're paying them, but it's not, you know, but it's not as much over, over one, you know, in, in one season, it's more money for him, but it's split in two payments. Uh, and then you're also able to manage it on your salary cap. If that happens and it becomes way more palatable for the Raiders, because you, you then have more money this year and next year for that matter, to be able to address uh, other needs. So then if you're able to satisfy that, which I think that that's actually going to be a fairly easy uh, do, then it becomes what it takes to get uh, to get them from a draft standpoint. I reached out to a, to a, a couple of general managers um, and they both felt like, you know, one this year and maybe a second or a third uh, next year could possibly get it done. It could, if there's a bidding war, you know, become two first round picks, this year's first round pick and next year's first round pick. I had an interesting conversation, though, with a, a general manager of another team. And he literally said to me, look, from the Raiders, I'm OK spending whatever I have to to get Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to throw that to you, Sam. Um, let's say it's a first or a second, or let's say it's this year's first and next year's first. Um, but he also guarantee, he also commits to you for a couple of years, maybe even three years at that point, if the money becomes doable, um, are, are you going to be willing to, to give up that or what would you give, be willing to give up, uh, to get, to get Aaron Rodgers? Oh, wow. That is a great question, Vinny. And again, great breakdown just of, of how this thing would look, uh, if it was put together. Uh, if, if. Look, if, if the Raiders feel like he's got if, – if you get that kind of commitment, right, and I think that's the biggest piece of this, right, b- before agreeing to any kind of draft compensation is because Aaron Rodgers has been indecisive, we, we should say, the last few years, you're going to want – you're going to want to commit. Two first-round picks in the NFL, is a, that's a lot. That's two, potentially two starters, potentially two Pro Bowl kind of players. So you're going to want to know that he's on board and is fully committed to what's, what it's going to take to turn this thing around. So if that's two, three years, uh, I, I think that's that's an interesting piece that you touch on. You would want to have that in place. And, and how do you secure that from Aaron Rodgers? I don't necessarily know, but I think it's a, it's a crucial part uh, of any deal. If you know that he's going to be on board for two to three seasons, uh, then yeah, I totally, I, I think, I don't think two first round picks uh, is too much. If they believe that that is, if Aaron Rodgers is the piece that's going to help elevate this franchise to the upper echelon and get you competing at the top of this division and the top and the top of the AFC, then yeah, you, there's there's no price that's that's too small um, for that. But it is a huge again. It's 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 what you're weighing out. It's a huge gamble because if if some of this attrition is real and and, and sustainable and and. He he does start to struggle, and we see some of that fall off. Then that's then that's your big that's your big move. If if you're if you're the front office, if you're Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, that's your big move. And and we know how how executives are evaluated in this market. It's when you decide on your quarterback and how does that go. So again, I, I, the upside, Vinny, it's it's there. I don't think there's a move that you can make. In, in, in free agency, in the draft whatsoever, that's going to lend or present the upside that Aaron Rodgers does. And, and like you said, he you, you, you bring him out west, he's reunited with Devontae Adams. You have other 
pieces offensively. Of course, we heard from Josh Jacobs over the weekend too, Vinny, where, where he's in his own contract situation, but did allude to the fact that he would want to play with Aaron Rodgers as well. And, and, and it, you would give Aaron Rodgers the league's leading rusher, a first-team All-Pro wide receiver. He'd come out here, play indoors, uh, better climate in terms of the physical standpoint of the game. Even though he's used to playing in cold weather, it might be appealing for him at this stage of his career to want to be in, in, in warm uh, and in controlled climate more often. So, um, there's the, the the upside is there. The upside is there, and if you feel if if the Raiders feel um, like like he can help them compete in the division, and again out of the options right now, if if that is the goal is to win right now, then yeah, he he presents the most upside. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And you would have to build out the rest of the team accordingly. And to your point, there would still be some space there uh, to, re- to upgrade that defense. You, you still have, uh, even though you'd be trading uh, potentially a first or two first round picks, uh, you still have other picks, you know, depth. The Raiders do have their full complement of draft picks this year. So there's still plenty of draft capital to, to build to build out some depth and to get some young players that, you know, in the short term and long term uh, can, can be helpful and contribute. So it's a fascinating question. It's a fascinating uh, situation that the Raiders find themselves in. I don't think there's a, you know, we're not going to know what the right decision is until the, the season actually starts. There's a number of ways that they can play this, but you know, like Devontae Adams and, and Josh Jacobs said, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers and, and, and at his best. And even at his age 38 season, just two years ago, he was the league MVP. So if that football is in there somewhere, if the Raiders believe they can bring that out of him, uh, then yeah, two first round picks isn't too much. If, if, if it goes the other way, then that's a situation where, where that's a situation unto itself. So it's a, it's a fascinating uh, development and it's obvious why the Raiders would consider it. He's, he's Aaron Rodgers and he's two years removed from back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm going to leave it uh, uh, here uh, on this one. Um, you know, I think the, 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 the notion that, you know, well, if you, if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you're completely sabotaging your future or waving goodbye to your future. Sam, I'm just going to reject that wholeheartedly. Um, I don't think it's an either or. Would it make it a little bit tougher because you don't have, um, you know, your your first round pick this year um, and maybe a high pick next year? Yeah, it'll make it a little bit tougher. But does that make it impossible? No, it shouldn't. Not the good teams figure it out. You know, you're you know you you, you would be starting. It's not like you'd have to really even rebuild both sides of the ball. Yeah, you got to tinker with the offensive line without question. Uh, and I think that's doable. This is a pretty um, uh, heavy draft in terms of the offensive linemen. Uh, so you should be able to use one of your 10 other picks. If you only give up one pick this year, you're going to have 10 or 11 picks total. And that doesn't even count for what they may get for Derek Carr. So it could be even more. There should be plenty of draft picks and some money uh, left over in free agency to go get uh, some help on the offensive line and then also pour some assets into the defense uh, as well. Um, it's not an either or you can do both. You should be able to do both if you're making the right decisions. So uh, I'll leave it, uh, uh, w- 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 you know, there uh, f- for this week. Uh, I think by the time we reconvene next week, we're going to definitely have some sort of an answer on Derek Carr, uh, whether it's the Saints, whether some other team surprises everybody and jumps into the mix or um, if he's just flat out um, released. Uh, so so uh, stay tuned for, for next week. But for now, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to leave it right there. And, uh, I'll, the last thing I'll ask you is what you pick for Sunday on the Super Bowl. Oh man, Vinny, we, well, when we talked about the championship games, right, I picked Cincinnati and, and, uh, it was a game that I think they could have won. You could argue that they should have won. And, and Patrick Mahomes, 
uh, clearly, uh, you know, maybe 75, 80%, but he wasn't a hundred percent. And yet he was still amazing and proved again, why you, you shouldn't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he was absolutely incredible. And for that very reason, even though, again, it's, it's the same situation. I feel like Philadelphia has a better roster top to bottom. I uh, feel like there's uh, every case in the world for Philadelphia to win the game. Jalen Hurts playing at an MVP level. You have a great pass rush, good secondary weapons all over the field on the offensive side of the ball. But it's Patrick Mahomes. We saw what he did two weeks ago, and, and I'm sorry. I just can't – I don't want to make the mistake of picking against him uh, again. So I think I think the Chiefs get it done in, in a close game. It's two great teams. It's two great quarterbacks, the top two MVP candidates. But I like the Chiefs something like 27-24 or 30-27, to 27, something like that. I think it's going to be a close game. You can make cases either way. But it's, I, I'm picking the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. Vinny, what do you think? All right, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Eagles. Uh, I think it's going to be a coronation for Jalen Hurts. I think from top to bottom, they're the best team uh, in the NFL or left in the NFL. They just got 70 sacks on defense. That's just ridiculous, man. Um, they've got the better wide receivers right now. The more healthier wide receivers, they got the better running game. They've got an offensive line that, frankly, um, I don't see any weaknesses uh, on. Um, they've rebuilt that defense, like I talked about the 70 sacks. Uh, they can they can they can run with Kelsey, make life difficult uh, for him. I just don't see, and I and I feel like Jalen Hurts is ready to just uh, announce himself as, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm one of those guys too. Um, uh, but if he doesn't, that's the that's if if if, if Jalen takes a little bit of a step back, or if he's not ready for this moment, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, we pretty much know will be, uh, and and don't leave that dude uh, any kind of an opening because he's going to make you pay. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs or the uh, Eagles. I wouldn't be surprised though. If Patrick Mahomes said, "Yeah, don't, don't, don't doubt me," because he's getting up there to Tom Brady kind of level right now. Now he just needs to keep adding those rings, and we'll see um, if he's able to do that. And at some point, the Raiders have anything to say about that. Uh, but that's that. We will reconvene next week. We'll have a better idea of what's going on with Derek Carr and talk about the Super Bowl winner, uh, and then what the Raiders are going to do to try to get to a Super Bowl uh, as soon as possible. Because I know that they've been. Uh, waiting a long time, as have uh, their fans. They want to uh, to crack that code uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, Sam, thanks for uh, a, a great show uh, as usual. Larry Muir, our great producer, appreciate you. Uh, to our sponsors, uh, Station Casinos, STN Sports, uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire, Liquid Death. Thank you guys uh, so much. And to our listeners, uh, thank you. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate the support. Uh, we're here back next week. Uh, and until then, enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports.